keep talking, Sharon. All right. Don't let him take the microphone out. <laughs> Thanks yeah. for listening. My, um, Renegade Solutions is a white buffalo woman production. It's engineered today by Kristen Summerall. Lovely Kristen Summerall. Coming up next is Mike Perini, Pandora's Lunchbox. Thanks for listening. Try to remember. Just give peace a chance. That's all we're saying. box a box of chocolates would I know to stay away what's it hand off his box a box of chocolates would I eat them anyway cause every time I have half a mind to leave you babe that means I have half a mind to stay it's Pandora's Lunchbox on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Good evening, this is Mike. Pandora's Lunchbox is a show about food and about food tangents, which taste great with a tangy sauce on the side, hence the name Tangents. On today's show, there's a great theater group in town, and they're doing something great this weekend. It's called it's called the Great American Eggnog Festival, Part 2, and it, the group is called the Blackbird Theater. And I want to just take a moment to talk to some folks from the Blackbird Theater about what's going on, because this is something you ought to know. Being eggnog, it it piqued my interest, and I thought, I haven't actually had any eggnog this year. It's about that time of year, might as well, right? No eggnog, no holiday nog, quote-unquote, no soy nog, no hemp nog, or whatever. Haven't had any of that stuff. But nonetheless, here are some folks from the Blackbird Theater. And here they are. I'm Barton Bond. I'm the founder of the Blackbird Theater and the managing artistic director. And I'm Dana Sutton, the associate artistic director. Okay. So Blackbird Theater has been around how long? Uh, We opened in December of 2003. Um, We'd been going as a company. We'd bounced around Ypsilanti and uh, EMU theaters and things like that since 98. And then uh, in 2003, this um, space kind of opened up for us, and we started a professional season in there. Okay. And you've got something going on now that you've had going for two years in a row now? Yeah, this is is the second annual Great American Eggnog Festival, and um, it's a Christmas comedy festival. It's very irreverent. It's very fun. Um, We start out, um, it's, we open the show with um, a sketch comedy Christmas um, routine involving some song and dance. And then we move into David Sedaris's Santa Land Diaries, performed by Will Myers. And now the the first part there is written by who? Uh, that was created by Ahmed Muslimani, who is our managing director at the theater. Company manager. He's the company manager. Right. And um, it was also created by the actors who are in the piece, including myself. Okay. So it's... Uh... Homegrown. It is homegrown, and I happen to think it's very funny. Okay. It is very funny. <laughs> cool. It is very funny. So songs and dances, and then you have David Sedaris's uh, story about the Macy's Elf. If you could talk a little bit about that without giving too much away. I mean, some people have heard it on national public radio, but right. uh, what's the basics of that? Um, well, it's a, it's a true story, I guess, about uh, David Sedaris when he first arrived in New York and looking for a job. He found uh, employment as an elf. Uh, at Macy's, and uh, he gets in over his head, basically. Um, and by by becoming an elf at Macy's, he kind of 
gets to see all the evil sides of uh, of the holidays and gets to see all the, the the consumerism and there's a culture clash seeming to be going on and there's uh, the culture of Christmas as we know it now, which is kind of um, overblown, also, commercialized. He also learns the real meaning of Christmas as well. And um, this is a great piece for people who have become jaded about the holidays, who find them stressful, who are tired of being out in the malls with all of the other people. It helps you kind of put it in perspective. And it's it's just really entertaining, too. Yeah, it points out, I mean, um, it point. Uh, yeah, I mean, as far as the stress over the holidays go, I think a lot of people feel that. And, they, and and if you watch It's a Wonderful Life, no, that's that's not my version of, of Christmas mm-hmm. anymore. It's it's a very stressful time. It's a very um, hectic time. It's just it's, it's a lot of obligations and things like that. And seeing it from an outsider's perspective, like an elf at Macy's who is sort of taking a step back and seeing – um, seeing dysfunctional families, seeing um, some very, very strange cultural phenomena. He, he's going right on. in the thick of it. He is. And he's yeah. seeing um, really one of the beautiful things about the show is that he talks a lot about how people try to create the perfect world for their children, for themselves, especially around the holidays. And he talks about how, you know, that might not really be possible, but. That doesn't mean that the perfect world doesn't already exist. So it's a really, really smart. It ends on a very hopeful note. It and, is. And it's, it's a very, you know, it's it's not a phony sort of like in God bless us everyone kind of feel. It's, right. it's a very, um, it has a real earnest uh, approach, very straightforward. It's very modern, very hip. David, David Sedaris David, at his best. David mm-hmm. Sedaris is just damn funny, basically. So his writing is really <laughs> funny. He's hysterical. It's brilliant. And you're doing it live. I don't think a lot of people have, have seen it live, so that'll be a new experience for people. Yeah, the play is actually, it gets done quite a bit um, over the past few years. Not not around here, but uh, we, we've sort of owned it around here. But um, it's it's become one of the most popular plays in the country. It's a one Wow, man. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, one, one person show. And it's sometimes uh, paired with a show called Season's Greetings, which is a far more cynical, darker one-person show. It's a, a housewife writing a Christmas card. And again, it's that image, it's that idea of the perfect family. You receive a Christmas card. Um, that, and sort of sort of the phenomenon, one, one of the things they talk about, you get a Christmas card and it looks like everything's perfect. But the reality is the parents, some of these parents had to beat their kids into submission to get them to sit still uh. to pose for the Christmas card. And so it's... it's <laughs> but we're not doing that piece. We're not doing <laughs> that piece. Well, we, we had seen it, we'd seen them paired together and, and it, it was, um, it's, it's just a lot to deal with. And so instead we decided on uh, Santa Land Diaries, bringing that, uh, bringing that in, and um, pairing it with the great thing about it is we've we've paired it with some other. Um, if the past two years, we've paired it with some original comedy and some music, which is part of the fun of it. And it's um, Will, Will Myers is the actor who's playing David in the piece. Uh, Will has been working with our company. He's an associate artist from almost from the beginning. We all went to Eastern Michigan together. And he is one of the most accomplished actors I think you'll see in the area. So it's it's just wonderful to watch him create the uh, the character and come out in his tights and his... The outfit is hysterical. <laughs> the outfit is just outrageous. The elf tights, yes. Yes. Striped tights, and yeah, it's it's just a visual thing that's just unbelievable. Yeah. 
And so this is at the Blackbird Theater. Now, where is that located? The Blackbird Theater is 1600 Pauline Boulevard in Ann Arbor. And um, it's the west side of Ann Arbor. It's near the corner of Pauline and Stadium. Um, it's in a residential neighborhood, so it's a little bit further out from the downtown area, but it's close to uh, restaurants like The Quarter, uh, Demos Deli, and some places like that. It's uh, And it's we share our space with a school. We share it with the Children's Creative Center, which has been a youth theater and um, preschool since uh, 93. And we work in connection with um, Kids in Need, which is the scholarship fund for the school there. So through the Blackbird Theater's theater activities, um, through ticket sales and through donations, we've been able to raise um, nearly uh, $30,000 this past year. In, uh, in that, all that went purely to scholarships and helping these uh, underprivileged kids get uh, childcare. Great. And yeah, it's and you know we we talk about you know what an it's it's a great accomplishment. It feels really good. We've we've doubled our um, fundraising efforts um, since we you know since last year we've done twice as well, and that's really great. Uh, we still have a lot of kids with a lot of big needs, and so we're 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 just. Uh, there to to help, so it's it's a really nice feeling bringing community service and theater together. I think they they fit together very well. And there's lots of free parking. Lots of free parking. <laughs> free parking is another big bonus. Yeah. And I understand that uh, at the this is the Great American Eggnog Festival Part Two. And I understand there will be nightly eggnog receptions. Is that correct? We serve eggnog. Um, okay, that's important. The, yeah. Oh, it, well, yeah, it's an eggnog festival. The yeah, doors open at seven fifteen. Show starts at eight. So we encourage people to come early and mingle. Um, it's cabaret style seating, so you can come in and enjoy the Christmas carols and spend time with friends. Um, have have a glass of eggnog. Then it's we a have- very fun social. Event. It it's, is. It's, it's where we really like to connect with our community and our patrons, and um, we're there and having fun. So it's uh, there definitely will be eggnog. I hear some music. That's that's my cell we phone. We have a cell phone going off. <laughs> wow, that's 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 kind of like snowflakes. It's I better so check yes. mine. Better double check mine here. Okay. <laughs> Mine's almost done. All right. Wow. Could you hold it up to the mic for a second? Actually, I'd like to hear that. Actually, that would be. It's WC. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's nice. Oh, that's beautiful. Oh, that's It's like really snowflakes nice. falling. It's beautiful. Okay. <laughs> cool. Well, let's uh, start from the beginning again, just to say that you've got the Great American Eggnog Festival, Part 2, coming up, featuring a performance of the Santa Land Diaries, which is written by David Sedaris. And uh, what are the dates and times? You have three more chances to see the show, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday of this weekend. That's December... Uh, 7th, 8th, and 9th, right? Yes, 7th, 8th, and 9th at 8 o'clock. Doors open at 7.15. You will want to call ahead for reservations. The box office number is... Is 734-332-3848. And uh, you can also find out a lot of information on uh, on the web at uh, blackbirdtheater.net. Enlist a few names. 
on Santa's frowns. They went off to work in leaps and bounds. Randy did his share of work and returned when he was through to Santa's sleigh. Well done, my little friend, said he. You go down a Christmas history. A Merry Christmas, one and all, and especially Yeah, this, the pickings are kind of slim finding Christmas songs about elves, and I came up with that one. That was Randy the Lil Elf. That's L-I-L apostrophe for you linguists out there. That is by Bobby Boyle with the MSR Singers. That is from the collection The American Song Poem Christmas. And that's a collection of situations where people saw advertisements in the 60s and 70s saying, send us your song poem and we'll turn it into a song. And they, you pay them about 500 bucks and they, they print, print like two copies of a record and send it to you. And, and that's about the end of it. Now there's a whole CD of this called the American Song Poem Christmas, which also includes such classics as Santa Came on a Nuclear Missile, Christmas Time Philosophy, The Rocking Disco Santa Claus, Merry Christmas Polka, and Daddy, is Santa really six foot four? Which is something I've been thinking about a lot lately. But aside from that, we were just hearing from two fine folks from the Blackbird Theater talking about the Great American Eggnog Festival, which is coming up this weekend. And the box office number they mentioned is area code 734-332-3848. And that is tonight, Friday, and Saturday. We'll hear a little bit more from them now on other things that the Blackbird Theater does. Blackbird Theater is also doing other stuff, correct? Yeah, we have. We are in the middle of our fourth season, and uh, coming up next, we have a um, uh, guest company is coming in called Do What I Want Productions, and they're a brand new uh, theater company that we're working with, and they're they're terrific, and they're bringing in a show called Blue Surge. They're which... run by Lynn Lammers, who uh, was recent. She's a recent graduate of the Purple Rose um, Apprentice Program. So she's she's wonderful and just stretching her legs and starting mm-hmm. out her new company. Well, a lot like we were when we were starting out, and it's it's a great thing to um, to be around some enthusiastic folks who are, you know, sort of where we were at when when we were starting out. And so we're 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 working with them, and we're really excited about that. Blue Surge is a uh, it's a contemporary comedy about cops and prostitutes, and and it's very racy and um, sexy and kind of funny and, and ex- touching too it's, and it's it very explores nice. gender and um, pornography and mm-hmm. and a lot of interesting topics that I hear discussed a lot so it's going to be an intriguing piece it's a good oh, way to, like- to explore that and then we have uh, in the heart of America is our follow is the show that follows in uh, April and um, it's by Na- Naomi Wallace it was written in 1994 and it's about the uh, the, the first Gulf War but of course, you can't separate the first Gulf War from the one that we're in now. Right, and it's it's very much uh, it's a very confrontational, very controversial uh, look at war, and not only this war, but um, other wars fought in the 20th century, and uh, the the impact that that seems to have on on people and different cultures. It's a very multicultural drama um, with um, connections to the Vietnam War uh, and the impact of, on on the Vietnamese people. Um, the Middle East and uh, and the U.S. and it's a very it's a very um, 
uh, nonlinear piece. It's a very uh, it's 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 one of those it's one of those unique shows that's got its own format to it. It's very unconventional and uh, very shocking and very uh, important. And I think it leads to a lot of good discussions. So we're we're glad to be we're doing the area premiere of that show. Um, it doesn't get done a lot, and just because most theaters would be crazy to to attempt it, but it's the kind of thing that that we uh, we tend to when we find a play like that, which is so well written and so risky um, and so pertinent. You know, you you just can't uh, you can't shy away from it. It's something that we felt like we we really had to do. Great. Yeah. Well, thank you for doing really interesting theater in Ann Arbor. Well, sure. Thank and you for supporting it. Thanks for sure. supporting it. Thank you, Adana Sutton and Barton Bund from the Blackbird Theater, which is at 1600 Pauline. And this weekend is the Great American Eggnog Festival. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, we were just hearing from the folks from Blackbird Theater talking about the Eggnog Festival this weekend. That's tonight at 8 and Friday at 8 and Saturday at 8. That's at the Blackbird Theater on Pauline. And let me get that box office number for you real quick here. Actually, that, oh, here we go. 332-3848. So there's some cabaret, self-written Christmas songs beforehand. And then they're going to be doing a performance of David Sedaris's story about being a Christmas elf in, in Macy's. And that's an awesomely funny piece, so I highly recommend this. And what's this? I think it's a blackbird. I think it's a blackbird in a theater. Well, this is Pandora's Lunchbox, a show about food. Coming up at 7 o'clock, it's Face the Music with Arwolf. We wanted to give you some, uh, some news now. Some news here. Good news for people in Zeeland, Michigan. Zeeland, Michigan has been a dry city for over a hundred years. This is in West Michigan. And this from the Associated Press now. Alcohol will go on sale in this city for the first time in more than a century, following a vote recount that certified last month's passage of a ballot measure to end the sales ban. So the sales ban on alcohol in Zeeland is over. Board members recounted the votes at the Howard Miller Community Center. I felt obliged to our voters, our backers, to have a recount, said Ray Klingenberg, a member of the Citizens Group. We're not going to drag this thing out. It's over now. A group of business leaders backed the proposal to end the 104-year-old ban on alcohol sales in the southwestern Michigan city with a conservative Dutch heritage. Their intent is to spur economic development by attracting more visitors to Zeeland's struggling downtown. These liquor licenses, uh, three liquor licenses will become available. It will be at least a year, though, before the Zealand City Council can issue the first ones to restaurants or grocery stores. During that time, the council needs to approve an alcohol sales district and a process for granting permits. So, the original vote count showed the measure passing by 40 votes, 1,425 to 1,385. So, they counted, recounted the votes, including the recount of more than 800 absentee ballots, I guess a lot of people were out of town, but they really want to vote on the alcohol issue in Zealand. Had exactly the same result. So that's uh, tax dollars at work. Alcohol will be sold in Zealand. And I believe they're actually gathering right now to sing this Christmas song to celebrate. we
Oh yeah, those are the paperbacks, and that is called Let's Get Lit. I don't know if you noticed that it was called Let's Get Lit. You may have picked that up at some point. This is from Flying Bomb Records out of Detroit, a various artist collection of Xmas songs called Surprise Package, and that was Let's Get Lit, which they're singing in Zealand right now. There's talk of it becoming the Zealand City song. I just started talking about it right now. I want to apologize now to everyone who's listening that I did not tell you ahead of time about the Farm Implement Parade last week in Sandusky, Michigan, which is in the thumb. Actually, the official name would be the 12th Annual Michigan's Original Country... Sorry, the 12th... I just don't want to sacrilegitize this. The 12th Annual Michigan's Original County Christmas Centennial Lighted Farm Implement Parade. It was last weekend, and I'm sorry to tell you that I did not tell you about that. I feel remiss. Now, here are some of the rules of the parade you should know. All entries must be completely lighted, and lighting should represent Michigan's original county Christmas lighted farm implement parade theme. Tractors, combines, farm equipment, wagon, etc. A few lights strung on a tractor, wagon, car, or truck will not be accepted. No candy or other objects shall be thrown from the parade vehicles in floats. All parade entries must be operated in a safe manner at all times. Parade organizers reserve the right to remove any parade entry operated in an unsafe or dangerous manner. For safety reasons, no pedestrians will be allowed in the parade. The only live Santa Claus allowed in the parade shall be on the Sandusky Chamber of Commerce official entry, so no bootleg Santa Clauses, and each entry must have its own power source. So there it is, the 12th Annual Michigan's Original County Christmas Centennial Lighted Farm Implement Parade. In Sandusky, Michigan, you have 51 weeks to prepare for next year's parade, which is the 13th. Now it's time to talk about some things you can't have for Christmas. And that is something that's very important because it's, it's, Christmas is a time to realize sometimes you just can't always get what you want. One of the things you can't have for Christmas is a soybean car. Now, it's known that there have been different kinds of fuels being made, soybeans, ethanol. Uh, I believe uh, we talked about uh, hemp nog earlier. I think they're trying to make a special hemp eggnog soybean uh, cocktail mixture that can be used to drive cars as, as fast as two miles an hour at times before the engine shuts down. But nevertheless, there was a soybean car. Henry Ford, the famous Henry Ford known for 
popularizing the assembly line and known for being a famous fascist, also was interested in creating a soybean car. He actually did make one. It says here on the website to the Henry Ford Museum, the soybean car was actually a plastic-bodied car unveiled by Henry Ford on August 13, 1941, at Dearborn Days, an annual community festival. The frame was made of tubular steel, had 14 plastic panels attached to it. The car weighed 2,000 pounds, 1,000 pounds lighter than a steel car. The exact ingredients of the plastic panels are unknown because no record of the formula exists today. One article claims that they were made from a chemical formula that, among many other ingredients, included soybeans, wheat, hemp, uh-huh, hemp, flax, and rami. Don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. While the man who was instrumental in creating the car, Lowell E. Overly, claims it was, quote, soybean fiber in a phenolic resin with formaldehyde used in the impregnation. Oh, I'm sorry, I keep forgetting this is a family show. Sorry, everybody. Uh, Henry Ford first put E.T. Bob... Gregory, C.E.T. Bob Gregory, of the styling department in charge, but was not satisfied. He then transferred the project to the Soybean Laboratory in Greenfield Village. And so the car was exhibited at Dearborn Days. It was also trucked to the Michigan State Fairgrounds for display later that year. Why did they build, why did they not build more soybean cars and what happened to it? Well, the car was destroyed by Mr. E.T. Bob Gregory. No more soybean cars. The outbreak of World War II suspended all auto production, and therefore the plastic car experiment. A second unit was in production at the time the war broke out, but the project was abandoned. By the end of the war, the idea of a plastic car had fallen through the cracks due to energy being directed towards war recovery efforts. And that's what happened. So no soybean car, you cannot have this for Christmas. I'm sorry. Now don't cry. Okay, It's okay. Don't cry. You're a bit, you've been good. I, you just can't have this. Another thing you may be able to have, however, this is from Edmunds.com last year. The U.S. Agricultural Research Service, ARS, has been developing industrial and commercial uses for a wide variety of agricultural products, including waste items like chicken feathers. See, you know, you've got to talk about chickens at some point. Chicken feathers are expected to replace plastic or fiberglass in some vehicles' dashboards, door panels, headliners, and other internal molded parts soon. I don't know if you can have that for Christmas. Nonetheless, you can see pictures of the soybean car on the Henry Ford website, and there are some cartoons from the Something World Telegram about the soybean car, including a cop saying, pull over to the curb with that smoking mess of soybeans. And then uh, in, a, in a restaurant, more biscuits? Save them to patch the car. So there you go. And I've been told, actually, the Henry Ford website does not mention this. Perhaps they're uncomfortable with this. But... Apparently, the soybean car really smelled something awful, and that's one reason why there is no soybean car today. And I'm, and again, if you're just tuning in, I'm talking about cars made of soybeans. This is Pandora's Lunchbox. I've been Mike for quite some time now. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, celebrate with the people in Zealand. Let's get lit with them. And remember, the Great American Eggnog Festival uh, concludes this weekend. It's tonight at 8, tomorrow at 8, and Saturday at 8 at the Blackbird Theater in Ann Arbor on Pauline. And one more thing you cannot have for Christmas is green onions at Taco Bell. Would you want to go to Taco Bell? I don't know, would you? But uh, this is from the Associated Press. Uh, First of all, let me uh, put this tune on, coincidentally called Green Onions. Oh, that was not smooth. See, there's things happening to green onions everywhere right now. You just got a green onion problem. Taco Bell ordered scallions removed from its 5,800 U.S. restaurants. They've got 5,800 restaurants. After tests suggested they may be responsible for the E. coli outbreak that has sickened at least three dozen people in three states. 
The fast food chain said preliminary testing by an independent lab found three samples of green onions appear to have a dangerous strain of the bacteria. In an abundance of caution, we've decided to pull all green onions from our restaurants until we know conclusively whether they are the cause of the E. coli outbreak. The company would not immediately identify the supplier of the scallions, so it was unclear whether contaminated green onions reached other restaurants or supermarkets. The Taco Bell is a subsidiary of Yum! Brands. I'm afraid we're just going to have to pull the plug on green onions, ladies and gentlemen. It looks like we just have to turn it off because we're not having any green onions anymore. I know that's rude. I apologize, but that would have been green. Oh, this sounds really good. Listen to this. Here we go. Those guitars don't sound too good at all. This has been Pandora's Lunchbox. Sorry, Booker T and the MGs about that. But let's let's run out with a salute to Zealand, who are now celebrating with this song. This is by the Divine Comedy. It's called The Drinking Song. This is WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Put your drink in my hand. Says, I, 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 I
Love if you love. 